0: episode number 193 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So I was going to shock you guys and actually wear sleeves today because it's cold here in Rhode Island, but I have to keep the streak going, right? Can't, can't be known as the tank top wearing phenom and then not show up in the tank top, right? Can't do that to you guys. So if you're brand new to the show, we are all about overcoming obstacles. We're all about defying the odds and going through my guest backstories. And then you know, I'll compliment with some of mine as well. But it's all about highlighting the guest backstories and how they got to the successes that they have now. And maybe that will inspire you to do the same. So if you're joining me live on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're joining me live on Facebook, either one of the pages, please like and share. And if you're catching it on the replay or through any of your favorite podcast sites, please give us a review. Don't keep this good information to yourself. And if you're curious about me and why you should listen to me, let me introduce myself. It starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what, Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life. And that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. gotta know your work. And that is me. All right, so before I get to my guests, you know, we have to do the teachable moment of the day. So with my fitness group, we just started an accountability group on Monday, yesterday. And part of it, I told them, said so we are doing a hundred percent accountability. Said so that means zero excuses. Don't care what's going on in your life, you gotta adhere to these minimum standards if you want to have success. So now that sounds harsh on the surface, but in reality, that's real life. Like things happen to us in real life that we have to react to and then keep moving forward. Because if you don't do that, you're gonna be stuck where you are, and so. One of my, one of my peeps messaged me, well, actually she didn't show up for class today. And so I messaged her, I was like, strike one, (laughs) you know, because I said like not showing up of the class is a big, big no, no. And she's like, well, my car died. I was like, so I have virtual classes, you know, and so, well, we were trying to figure out what was wrong with the car. So, okay, we have at home workouts. It's like, there's, there's ways for you to get the workout in. So just because something happened to you doesn't mean you just completely lay down and forget about what the task at hand is. You know, so for, for today's teachable moment, no matter what it is, whatever it is that, that you're putting off because you think you're too busy or because you think you, you know, the, you know the, have to spent too much time with the kids or whatever the excuse is, it's all nonsense. So you have to prioritize the things that need to get done in order for you to get to where you want to be. Okay, so that's today's teachable moment. So now, before I bring my guest on, it's just funny because she just said just before we went live, I want to see how much you know about me. <laughs> and I was like, I know absolutely nothing about her. I just know that she's in the health and wellness field. And I, I titled this show that you can take charge of your own health. And so, because I like to, to get to know the guests as you all are getting to know, to know the guests as well. And this just makes for a much more genuine, authentic, and organic conversation. So with that being said... Let's bring in Jane Barlow Christensen. I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> you did. Here, Robert. Right. Good morning. So you're joining us from Utah, I heard.
1: That is correct, good sir. All
0: right, how's that weather over there?
1: Cold. Snowy oh, I- and cold. But it's perfect. I mean we we had the Olympics here in two thousand two, remember?
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So so we say cold. How cold are we talking?
1: I think it's like seventeen right now.
0: Oh you got gotta speed. We're at nineteen here.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh! So you got cold too? Yeah.
0: Yes. Oh, uh, no snow though. You guys can keep that away as as long as you'd like.
1: Yeah. Well, we need, we got the mountains, and we need this. We, the snow is where we get our water. So ah, it's, beautiful. it's beautiful here. All
0: right. Fair enough. So, is is the rumor true that at the Big Salt Lake that you can actually just float in it because of all the salt cr- crystals that are in the
1: water? Yeah, but people don't. I mean, it's a it's a really beautiful lake but um, people don't use it because it's just, it's so thick with salt. So, yeah.
0: Okay, because I was going to try to make make my way to get there when, when I was there in 2018, but it just time, time-wise, it just didn't work out. So next next yeah. time I go, I want to check it out.
1: Yeah, it's, it is really beautiful. You can go out to the Salt Flats. There's a really cool um, natural thing that was formed by nature called the Spiral Jetty, okay. which you definitely need to take a little trip out to see that because it's this beautiful you know, nature found, you know, that was formed by nature. That's, that's spectacular. So there's a lot of things to see out here, but that one is, that one is really cool and pretty famous if you look it up. Nice. All
0: right. So quick, quick funny story before I, uh, before we dive in. So when when I was out there, I, I Googled where the Olympic Village was when, when the Olympics were there, and it wasn't too far away. It was like maybe 45 minutes away. So I was, okay. like, that, I was like, that's not awful. Let me go check it out. So I plug it into the GPS, drive 45 minutes, and brought me up to, it, it was a playground named Olympic Village.
1: A- oh, no. oh! I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> I pulled it. up was like, seriously? <laughs> it was like, I was like, I don't have time to find it now, <laughs> so I just turned around and drove back to the hotel. <laughs>
1: that is funny. Yeah, there's a there's a place called <laughs> Olympus Hills. There's, uh, yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's a good story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, I was like, wow, did, that was a solid waste of 25 minutes, well, hour and a half, really, because I had to drive back. Yeah. All right, so let's dive in. Let's get to know to know you better. But so now. I started asking it this way, because when I was asking people to just describe themselves, they would give me their resume. You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not interested in your resume. I'm interested in you. I want to know about you. So through the, through the lens of your best friend, how would they describe you?
1: Uh, you know, and you did ask me this before we started, <laughs> so I could think about it. And I was so wrapped up in your intro. I was like, hey, we should be thinking about the answer to this question. You know what? I think that's a really interesting question um, for the for the age that I am, and I, I not like I'm a super old person or a super young person, but to you know, like, how would someone look? Through, you know, how would they see me through the lens of 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 someone who's my best friend? And and I I think that's so interesting because that feels a little bit like um, junior high to me. Mm-hmm you know, um, and I and I, I say that with just, uh, I don't, I have never had anyone ask me that. Um, and at this point, you know, uh, I would say, and I know this sounds totally cliche. Um, I've been married a long time and I, and my husband is, is a cool, a cool guy. And um, I have a huge circle of friends, but I would say he's a person I sit at home with every day. Um, I think he would see me as, Passionate, patriotic, um, stubborn, stubborn as hell. (laughs) Very, very stubborn. Um, Loving, kind. um, I care about the world. I care about the planet. I care about the health of humanity. Um, And he sees that every day and is just this kind witness to it, really. Nice, great answer. Yeah.
0: Good, good, good. See, so I'm glad glad you took your time to get there with that answer because that's all <laughs> great answers. Now, the, usually, I get the uh, I, uh, I'm a leader, I love people, like this, I like that. It's like it's like come on, it's like we all have unique personalities. Like I want to know like what makes you you, and that's yeah. it. And I love I love how you have passionate and stubborn because people don't realize that those two go hand in hand. <laughs> they really. do. Yeah, People who are the most passionate are the most stubborn. Go ahead.
1: Seriously, I am, I am stubborn to the point where sometimes I get in my own way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I've been there myself. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So how would how would you describe your upbringing?
1: Well, I grew up in Idaho, um, second oldest of fourteen kids. Fourteen. Yeah. So I'm oh, second crap. oldest. My, yeah, my parents had 11, and then they adopted three Native American kids that were the same age. Um, well, I was four, and they adopted three uh, little Native American kids who were siblings as well, yeah. and they were four, three, and two. So okay. I grew up in a really big family. We grew up uh, in the Mormon religion.
0: Can, can, and... I just, can I just say quickly, sorry, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the youngest of seven, and, <laughs> and that makes people say, damn, Hence, hence my reaction when you said fourteen. I was like, it's like, you doubled what I came from." Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, that it's uh, it, it I mean, I partly kind of grew up to an era where bigger families were maybe a little bit more common, but also I grew up in a religion yeah. where big families were more common, and they're even kind of more still common now. Even you know, Mormons and Catholics kind of have this. Um, you know, history and this reputation of having big families. So growing up the second oldest of, of such a big family, um, you learn responsibility really quickly. You learn to not be selfish. Uh, my dad was a, a, a huge entrepreneur and we were always, we were like his workers. And so we learned, we had, we all, all of us now we're all adults. Now my youngest brother is, he'll be 40 this year um and it's interesting because he i have a son who also is 40 and another son who will be 40. so my i have two boys they're 39 and 40 right now but i was pregnant at the same time as my mom so i think what happens is you learn this incredible work ethic because you're not allowed to be selfish you're not allowed to be part not be part of the team and i never felt like ignored or neglected and my parents did a very good job of making me feel like you know i was listened to and i was heard but i was part of this community that required all of us working together to make it happen and i'm not saying there weren't rough times because there were oh, yeah. but um you know to me uh, that's one of the biggest gifts growing up in such a huge family you probably get that too oh, yeah. i mean and i don't know you're in a different place because you're the youngest as well <laughs> you know because yeah. yeah i mean seriously i have you know my I'm the second. A, a sister is just a year older than me. And then it's we're just kind of boom, 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 boom. And um, the older kids uh, in my family have very different uh, perspectives and growing up memories than the younger ones do. Well,
0: um, yeah, because because you know, as your parents get, get older, because I'm finding this out now at 47, like I have five of my own kids. And like my oldest son, he's Twenty-two, almost twenty-three, and he's always saying, "Oh, oh, if I did that, you would have bit my head off." And I'm like, "Yeah, but that was two decades ago. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know?
1: have to do that anymore."
0: <laughs> exactly. It's like that was two decades ago. Like I'm tired of telling kids to brush their teeth. <laughs> it's the same thing over and over. But I have to say, you don't look old enough to have a forty-year-old child.
1: Well, I'll be sixty-one in a couple months. So. No kidding. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I'm into fitness like you are. So I told you, I told you we had a lot in common. I actually, before I'm doing what I am doing now, I, I was in, I used to own my own gym and I, and I, you know, I taught group exercise for 40 years. In fact, my teaching career got, uh, uh, got stopped by this pandemic. The gym I worked at closed and I was like, okay, I've been teaching for 40 years, I guess it's time now I still work out. Yeah. But the fitness thing is um it's a compound effect, you know.
0: How I mean, you... I can't
1: believe you're forty seven either. Thank
0: you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, people people always ask what's the secret? <laughs> drink drink enough water, work out and eat right. <laughs> That's the formula.
1: <laughs> and you yeah. know what? It's not it's not different. It's like people think they can take a magic pill and mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah, no, it's like I mean I know we'll, we'll get deeper into it later, but like I always tell people with supplements, it's like the key word there is supplement. It's like it should it shouldn't be the only thing supplement.
1: <laughs> yeah, know? and I think one of my favorite things to tell people is because I think people can get overwhelmed by supplements. Yeah, about what to take and what's the best quality and there's so much out there and um. So I always say the very first thing you should do is your number one supplement should be your food. So dial in. What kind of food are you eating? If you're eating a crappy diet, you can't expect to fix it by taking a bunch of supplements. Yeah, taking fat burners. No, or even No,
0: these don't work.
1: <laughs> no. I mean the thing is it's your first line of defense for your health should be your nutrition. You know?
0: I agree. All right. So how did you get, get into that? Like like when you were in school, were you in were you big into sports or fitness then, or was it something you, you developed afterwards?
1: Well, you know, my dad um, was like a uh, so my dad was a botanist. My dad was a medicinal botanist and he uh, was a big time entrepreneur. And he he really kind of had to be because in order to support such a big family, you know, you really can't work for, you know, a a system or hope for promotions and hope for Mm -hmm. management positions. You know, you really can't do that. Besides, my dad did have a big entrepreneurial spirit. Um, which was just, it, it really taught us all. Like you, if you, if you want to do something, you, all you gotta do is research it and go out and do it. Like it was, and he didn't tell us this stuff. He just showed us, it was just example. And it wasn't any, it was just something that we watched growing up. In fact, when I was a senior in high school, he published a book that is actually still very relevant, a book on, uh, herbal medicine. And I watched him as he not only researched and put the whole book together but he hired an illustrator, he hired a publisher, and then he actually ended up self publishing. And then he went all, when I was a senior, he went all, well, he did it usually by phone, but he would do radio station interviews all over the country promoting his book. And they were like, I mean, it was, so we watched him do this. And it was just like, wow, whatever, whatever we wanted to do, we knew that it was possible. So, Uh, What was the question you asked me? Oh, fitness. Uh, Yeah. I'm like, how did I get up on that? Um, So we were just always active. We were hiking. We were identifying plants with my dad. He would, we would go up the, um, to have a cookout in the mountains and he would drop down the tailgate and let us all hang off. And sometimes we could run, we would run from where we had our cookout down, back down to the house. So we were always, and we're, you know what, different era, but we were always outside. We were always playing and, but not, so not the typical kind of sports things, but we were always just active, Yes. active, active, active. So um, I got married when I was really young. I got married when I was 18 and I took a class, um, just a typical aerobic class. Like, you know, the old Jane Fonda kind of stuff. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I took a class at the, like a local YMCA and the first time I, the music went on and the movement started happening and I started sweating and feel. and I was very young. I was 18. I was like, Oh my gosh, like this, I'm home. Like I just was. And so I immediately, there was a certification. So I got certified to teach classes and I started teaching classes when I was 18. And then when I was 34, I think that I built my own gym. I moved to Salt Lake city. I built my own gym. Um, and I just, I, I love fitness. I, I, love the way it makes me feel. So, but what happened is also, um, I built the gym with one of my sisters, and it was a financial entrepreneurial disaster. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we learned a lot, but hey, and pa-
0: sorry, let me pause you, let me pause you right there, because okay. you said something earlier, and okay. I don't want, I don't want it to get buried. So let me write that okay. down. Start okay. the studio with your sister, and then we'll get back to that. Okay. All right. So when you were talking about your dad, because one one thing I talk about on the on the show a lot is showing and not doing. I'm mean, sorry, doing well, doing and showing, doing and showing. And so when people always use their kids as as an excuse why they can't do stuff, and I always say, um, that should be your number one reason to get it done because they're gonna go based on what they see you do. It's like, you can tell them what to do till you're blue in the face, but if you're not doing it, that's a completely different thing. Like even now at my age, I'm still very active in playing sports. I play basketball, volleyball. I, I run track and field still. I do obstacle course races. I'm in a softball league and, you know, I, I take my weekend getaways to just go unwind and I go, but by myself and I, I want them to see that it's like taking care of yourself is mandatory. You know, it's mandatory. It's like, don't don't let people tell you that you're being selfish. You know, it's like you you are the only one who lives in your body, you know.
1: Right. It's
0: like and unless you're involved in a horrific accident, when it comes your time to exit this earth, you're also going solo. <laughs> so it's Pretty all much. about it's all about taking care of you. Just like I said with you, you don't look old enough to have a forty-year-old child, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, but but when you take care of yourself, those are the positive side effects. No, so I just wanted to, hi- to highlight that, that part before we
1: move on. Yeah, and that is actually a pretty powerful point. I mean, I've tried to do that with my boys—just set an example for how to live my life, or how and how to live. Yes. Because it's always—it it should always be, not do what I say and not what I do. Yes, exactly. you know, it should always be that. And that—that that was a—I don't think my dad realized that he was doing that he was simply trying to survive and pay the bills and support such a big family and i I don't think he did it like i'm doing this intentionally to set an example for my kids i really don't think he um he was just you know he was Mm -hmm. doing his best to put food on the table for such a big family
0: yeah and 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 i feel when you have a big a bigger family it's even more imperative that you know because it's it's tough to give all the kids all the attention all the time
1: but know? they don't need it they don't they what we don't realize is i think big families are a gift to everyone involved yeah you know the the things that you learn this the the relationship skills the survival skills the emotional skills like all the things that you get to learn as a person who belongs to a community which is if it's your family it's that, that big um it's it's you can't you can't recreate it you almost can't recreate it, you know. Yeah. I think it's a gift, and I, I I really think it would be beautiful if that came back. I love that you have five kids; that's so epic. Thank
0: you, thank yeah. you. And the other thing it teaches you is patience.
1: Oh, you for know, it sure,
0: definitely teaches you patience because with with a big family, you know, especially when they're little. Oh boy! It's like now my my youngest—I have twin boys who are almost thirteen. Oh, nice. But just you, you know, we back it up ten years. Household looked a little different back then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you besides, know. you learn not to be selfish. You learn that life's not all about you, and yeah. that that's okay. It's okay.
0: Yeah, it's true. And yeah. te- and teaching them, teaching them, it's like yes, you're a kid. I want you to have fun. I'm like, but it's my job. My number one job is to teach you how to become an adult
1: exactly and be responsible
0: yeah. yes yes and then all that stuff happens now that's why we rake the leaves and that's why we we go out and we shovel the snow that's why you're doing your laundry that's why i'm teaching you to cook like you're not doing this stuff because i want to be lazy <laughs> so, yeah. like yeah. I, I had a, I, I took my twin boys for for a walk when it was still warm and it's like i live by a state park and so we're walking around the park and i was just talking to them about you know, what do you guys want to do with, when you're older? What do you think? And as I said, you don't have to have the answer now, but I want you to be thinking about it. Be thinking about the things that make you happy, that you would maybe want to find something, find a career that can complement what makes you happy. And just think thinking about things, excuse me, like I've been cooking a lot with them and, you know, teaching them how to use use the grill and teaching them how, how to bake, teaching them how to make, make desserts and, and all this stuff. And in the beginning, they're like, why did... Like, why are you making us do this? And I was like, dude, I was like, in five years, you're going to be an adult. Five. I was like, think right. about it. The first 13 already went by. <laughs> These next five are going to go by quickly.
1: And you, you need know? to know how to feed yourself and wash yes. your laundry. and.
0: Yes. And just take care of yourself. Yeah. You know? All right. So let's get back to you. So you and your sister opened up a studio
1: and? And uh, it was the hardest thing I ever well, at that point, the hardest thing I ever did. Mm -hmm. So I'd already been in fitness for probably 14 or 15 years. And, and we we came together with our different unique skill sets. But it's like almost any entrepreneur that has, you know, you have a lot invested financially in every way. And, um, It was it 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 was a disaster. I mean, we I think we were open a year, and then um, I ended up leaving, and then it ended up closing. uh, I think a year later, Um, but it taught like the things that we learned from that. And one of the biggest things, and we both attribute this to the way we grew up and the way our parents taught us about how to deal with really hard things. Because you hear about people who go into business together, especially family and that they never speak to each other again, mm. especially something like that. Because we both threw everything, you know, home equity lines, we threw, we threw everything financially, everything, we threw everything at this business to make it work. We built a brand new building, a big club, we built this beautiful health club and look how short it, I mean, we lost everything. Yeah. And I, I think that what happens is most people, um, especially family members, you end up having these horrible resentments and anger at each other, and we we had we had a few we had a couple of moments, a couple of months where we were still trying to catch our bearing after the whole thing fell apart. Mm-hmm. But um, she's, um, I mean, I have eight sisters. There's nine girls and five boys in my family, and she lives here in Salt Lake, and she's one of my best friends, and we've we've been close, ever even even after a few so. To me, that was one of the biggest gifts that my parents taught me, is that when these really, really hard things happen, that almost feels irreparable. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to look at each other's perspective. She did everything she could. I did everything I could. We did the best we could. Yeah. And we, I mean, we look back now and we're like, look what we did. <gasps> we like built this big health club, two women. We got this huge um, loan. You know, we got this huge um, SBA loan. and. We filled it up with all this great equipment and we taught all these classes and we had a great, I mean, it was, we really look at what the pluses were. It's like looking at the good things that came out of it yeah. rather than how horrible this was. And now I'm going to hate you forever because mm-hmm. we had this thing that made us better people. So,
0: so, so what do you think went wrong?
1: Uh, We were, we were pretty naive in business. Um, What happened is, so my background at that point was in the fitness. I had, was living in California um, and moved to Salt Lake city to uh, open the club with her. So I left a, I left a job. I left a really, I helped open two or three health clubs in the Sacramento area. So I had all this experience opening health clubs, teaching classes. I did personal training for years. And I, so I knew how to, sell memberships and open a club and so i had all this experience in in fitness and she had experience working at nordstrom as a manager and she was a big buyer for them and so she had this experience in kind of a different way but never anything in fitness so what happened is i mean i wouldn't even really say at this point anything went wrong it just it went we brought what we could to the table we just didn't have a lot of experience with something so big But I give us huge credit for biting off a chunk and taking a risk because that's, that's the only way that you're going to get ahead. You have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to say, okay, that didn't work. So what am I going to do? Put my tail between my legs and then go skulk and not do anything with my life and not ever talk to my sister again. You know, you really have to have, look at the bigger picture of, of all of that.
0: Yeah, I always say there's no failure. And I actually did a couple episodes, full episodes, just talking about failure because it doesn't exist. It's It's
1: just feedback. Yeah,
0: you have things you you try. Some of it works. Some of it does not. (laughs) And, And that's how you gain experience. So the things that didn't work, you take the teachable lessons from what didn't work, and then you keep moving forward towards whatever your goal is. It's, and it happens in fitness a lot. P- people will be like, you know, someone will be gone for like two weeks. So like, hey, you know, where where you been? Oh well, you remember last Saturday, I just completely fell off and I was just ashamed to come back. I'm like <laughs> So so you continue falling off? <laughs> it's like okay, so so you fell off. Dust yourself off and come back the next day. Like it's okay. Right. You know, it's like like you don't derail everything because you had I said just the other day, my my nutrition consisted of pizza and Chinese food. It's like, we're, we're all human in the very next day. I made sure I got plenty of water. I ate pretty much all, all salads and vegetables all day. And you know, you, you counterbalance it, you know, like one little setback doesn't mean that everything is blown up. And like that, that's something that so, so many people struggle with in the fitness space.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. In fact, there's a saying that I just, it it, it kept coming to me over this whole new year's weekend. It's you are who you practice to be. Yeah. So if you if you if I I don't even think having a pizza and Chinese food weekend or day is even falling off the wagon. I think that's called enjoying being a human being. Yes. It's (laughs) like those those things like I love a good a good pizza and I love Chinese food. It's like, you know, I love a big good piece of chocolate cake. I don't eat it every day and I never beat myself up over it. It's like, okay, I'm not going to do that every day, but I'm going to enjoy this. And then the next day, like you said, I'm going to drink a lot of water. I'm going to eat a lot of veggies. I'm going to make sure and get a good sweat in that day. And then I'm going to move on. I'm not going to give myself all that negative energy for something that I was supposed to be enjoying, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the biggest misconceptions people think when they're joining a fitness program that they just have to give up the world. Right? It's like, and, and that's not true. Maybe, maybe some oh. programs run that way, yeah. but that's not how I operate. I tell people, if you want something, have it. I said just don't overindulge. Like with, with me, I like Cape Cod potato chips, but I get the individual bags. Cause like everyone else, I'm human. Like everyone, once you crack that bag, it's open season. All <laughs> right. So I'm right. well, I'm well aware of that. Like I like smart food. Same thing. Get the single served bag. That way I can't overindulge. Because if you get the big bag, you you know, you, you'll start out right with, with the little baggie full and you'll eat the little baggie. And then you walk over and you fill the little baggie again, <laughs> and then you fill it again. Yeah. So you have to you have to eliminate the temptations. That's what I tell people. And and I know not everyone can do this, but I have two two supermarkets within three tenths of a mile of my house. So I shop every day, some sometimes multiple times a day. So there's no excess in the house, you know. So when my younger kids are here, because I have 50-50 custody with their mom, so. Just like today, they're over with her. Then they come They come back to me on, on Wednesday. And so, like, with their hair, I'll keep a little more on hand, but it's mostly vegetables and fruits. And then, like, the other day, they wanted ice cream. My oldest son was out somewhere. So there were five of us. So I went to the supermarket, and I found an ice cream that was in a package of five. And that way, we each get one, and there's no excess. <laughs> so it's just all in how you manage it.
1: It is. And, you, you know, your environment plays a big role in what you what you how you how you reach your goals. You know, if you're trying to use willpower, um, w- you know, there's a great book called Willpower Doesn't Work. And it's about what you how you set up your environment. Yep.
0: So, so true. So true. Like if you love peanut butter, I mean, peanut butter is not bad. But if you have it in excess, you know can right. work against you and you get the big old jars of peanut butter like it just it just doesn't work. You have to set yourself up to to do well. Like if, oh. if drinking water is an issue, you have to get a larger bottle. You know, a large bottle. And people always ask me, like, you know, how do you how do you expect it to drink so much water? I'm like you get your bottle right, you pop it, you drink <laughs> until it's gone that's the secret there's no secret to drink water. <laughs> like, there's nothing else i can teach you <laughs> just drink it till it's gone
1: <laughs> take action my friend take some Action. Take yes
0: yeah, so so how do you get people to see the bigger picture because i find in fitness people have their surface goal let's say like i want to lose weight and i want to i want to tone up you know and, and that's like so vague so like how do yeah. you help them see the bigger picture
1: Well, you know, what I've always found, and I really still believe this, is that um, a lot of people don't know what it feels like to feel really good in their physical body. You know, they don't know what it feels like to drop down and do push-ups or just sleep really good without indigestion and insomnia. And I I just think that humanity as a whole doesn't really know what it feels like. And my, my best One of my best examples and one of the things that I love when I was, you know, doing personal training when I lived in Sacramento, uh, the the oldest client I ever had started when she was 93. Wow. Yeah. And I worked with her for five years before she passed away and the, the gains that she had during those five years, um, especially the first two or three were absolutely stunning. Even, even she was like, I've never slept this well. I, she's like, I never have slept this well. And just the way, you know, the way you feel in your physical body, I think, I think that can be a real, uh, game stopper for people is they don't, ever, they've never experienced what it feels like to feel good in your body. They just haven't, you know, they're always feeling bloated because of what they ate or, or they, they've they never really done fasting, you know, or, they just, and they've never stuck with something long enough to go, Oh my gosh, look at, I, I I, look how strong I feel. I don't feel, I mean, it's just, that's, I think the biggest thing. If people could just envision uh, in their mind, what it would be like to feel vibrantly fit in their physical body, uh, it doesn't matter what age you are. Um, it, It would change the game if they could just put that as a goal up there what is that going to feel like because it's amazing it's amazing to feel you know everything works it's and it doesn't matter what your age is it's it's really a beautiful thing
0: love that and on the flip side to that because someone asked me this was a couple years ago they're like Rob, what motivates you to train i said because being out of shape sucks you know, so coming from someone who was in shape his entire life, because, you know, m- me and my six siblings, we were all athletes. So it was like constant, just constant competitions, competition. So as you would say, we were always outside as well. You know, this was yeah. this was before, I think Atari was just coming on the scene in, during my, my early childhood. So it was like, it wasn't just sitting in front of a, a computer screen. And we were constantly on the move, constantly on the go. And I let myself go once and I ended up gaining like 40 some odd pounds. This was before I got, I got into fitness. Like I was a restaurant manager. I was a kitchen manager. So I worked around food all the time, but I I had my, my uh, athletic body. You know what I mean? So like, just to, to your point, I know what it felt like to be fit. So when I got out of shape, I was mortified. You know, I was like, how the, how the hell did that happen? And it's not even so much about the look. It was just a, where I was. You know, yeah. I, I was able to, to run for miles. I was able to slam dunk a basketball. I was competing at a high level in track and field, just going right down the list. I'm like, and now you can't even walk up the three flight, flights of stairs to my apartment at the time without being winded. I was like, this sucks. And I made the decision that this ain't happening ever again. And so I did it. It was about five months. I took off about 45 pounds. And, and and I made a decision that day. I didn't make a resolution. I didn't make a goal. I made a decision. This will not happen again. And it hasn't. So again, so yeah. to, to, to your point, because I wasn't expecting that that answer. That's a great answer. That <laughs> that people only know what they know, yeah. you know. So if all they know is feeling bloated, if all they know is feeling tired all the time, there's really nothing to aspire to. Whereas with me, I was like, I need to get back to my all-American body.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the thing that there are a lot of people who have never had that feeling. I mean, you were lucky to grow up as an athlete. So, you know, you knew what it felt like. And when you lost that, you're like, oh, no, this is not this is not acceptable. So I think that for people who've never maybe experienced what it feels like, um, they need to push through because there's no there's no better feeling than exhilaration of a body that is strong and and fit and perform. I mean, we're designed, humans are designed for good health. I think our medical system has taught us that we break down all the time. Now we might have an injury and, you know, we, but we heal from those things. Yeah. And our normal design, the way that we are supposed to walk through this life is with vibrant, good health. That is how we're designed. In fact, think about what we do to ourselves, the food we feed it, the things we drink, the lack of sleep, the amount of stress we get and what happens, we still live. Our body is this amazing, miraculous machine that even though we abuse it, it still lives and still basically functions. So imagine what happens when you start treating it like with a lot of good water and sleep and low stress and good nutrition and exercise, like our bodies get better and well fast. Like, I think people would be surprised at how fast they could get into perfectly vibrant health. And I don't care where your situation is. Yeah. I mean, you could be battling cancer right now. I I see stuff on a daily basis that would blow most people away because miracles happen every day.
0: Yeah. I think, I think my guest on Friday this, this week, I'm pretty sure it's Friday. She, she, she reversed the effects of cancer in 12 weeks. Yeah. So Like I'm dying to get that story.
1: Yeah. That, that that's that's how we are, so that's how we are designed. So to me, uh, we need to realize that we have uh, the power and the responsibility to take care of our own health and not depend on someone else to fix us. Um, and there's so much information out there, you can't say, "Well, I don't know how to do it
0: <laughs> for real.
1: <laughs> you can't you can't say that anymore. We have access to information at our fingertips. You just might need to find the right information that's going to fit for what you are looking for and what you have going on in your life. But other than that, no. Every person is responsible for themselves.
0: See, and to that point, right? So this is going to sound like it's not relevant, but it's relevant. And going back to what we were saying earlier about it's not difficult. You know, it's not difficult to do. So my washing machine broke a few years ago. And so for people who know me, I'm not a handyman. Like I, I tell people, I build bodies, I'm a great dad, and I'm a motivational speaker. Fixing stuff is not my forte. And so so, so it broke, and then at the time, you know, was like I didn't really have a whole lot of disposable income. So I was like, oh, man, like this guy's going to come out here and charge me an arm and a leg to fix this thing because I don't really know what to look for, so he can just tell me it costs anything and I'm stuck paying it. And I was like, you know what, let me, let me go, go to YouTube, see what YouTube says it cost me 12 bucks to replace a switch. (laughs) You know what I mean? 12 bucks to replace a switch. So just, just the point of that is, is I was thinking the worst. And I feel like people come into fitness thinking the worst. Like I, I'm going to have to stop drinking coffee and I'm going to have to stop drinking alcohol. I'm going to have to give up sweets. I'm going to have to give up dairy and I'm going to have to give up carbs. And I'm going to have to work till I throw up five days a week. And it's like, that's so not the case. Like, one of the things one of my business coaches said, she's like, everybody thinks you have to be 100%, 100%. She's like, you just have to be 51. She's like, you just have to want it a little more than you don't want it. And then over time, you will reach your your success. She's like, obviously, if you want it faster, you have to put forth more effort. But you only have to be 51%. And I was like, I like yeah. that. I like well, this.
1: It's not just that I think you have to go into it with a little bit more of a positive mindset rather than I have to give up this. I have to give up that. It's going to be this painful. Um, I think you have to, if you can swap your mindset out to something that's uh, more positive. And I know that sounds like really maybe kind of Polly Annie, Polly (laughs) Annie-ish. It's
0: true though. But
1: but the thing is this, if you go into it saying what you're going to get from it, what you're going to gain out of it, rather than all the things that you have to give up, what you're going to give up the fact that you now have, you can tuck your shirt into your pants and you don't have to go, you know what I mean? What you're you look at what you're gaining rather than what you're giving up. So exactly. if you go into it with that mindset, um, the whole game changes. You're no longer saying, Oh, I'm going to be deprived because I have to give up sweets or I'm going to, I'm being deprived because I have to give up alcohol. No. How about you go, Oh my gosh, I'm doing this and I'm going to be having a nice bicep put my my shoulder you know my arm in it's like why don't you look at the good things going into it so i think mindset is your most powerful thing going into all of that
0: yes and with that same mentality just today at at my nine fifteen class i was having them do a a variation of a push-up and one of one of my gals she's she's a newer gal she she was with me before she left for for a bit and she's been back i think it's her third week back now and so she says oh so do i modify by doing this i said how do you know you can't do it the regular way? I said, you didn't even try yet. And she's like, oh, but but I know it's, it's going to be hard. I said, who cares? I said, even if you give me three regular, then modify. That's fine. I, yeah, said, yeah. But, I said, but you don't know. You might last a full 30 seconds, but you're defeating yourself before you even try. And that's just like when I give people meal plans and they, they'll look at the meal plan. And I know it's human nature. It's how we're wired to spot things that might hurt us. But they look at the meal plan, like, oh, I don't do peppers. Uh, oh, I don't like asparagus. Uh, it's like, look at the things you like. Look at the things you like. And then supplement with something else that you like. You know, So along the same lines, instead of just going straight to the negatives, be like, oh, I like turkey burgers. Oh, I like sweet, sweet potatoes. Oh, I like this. You know, oh, I'll swap out that for this. But you're right. It's all about the reframe. And another example, and I know I've given this, this example a lot on the show, but, you know, like I said earlier, I still compete in track and field. And so I was getting ready to leave for a meet this one day. And one of my twin boys, oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I said, all right, boys, I'm, I'm going to go pick up my gold medals now. And my, and my son's like, you think you're going to win? And I look back to him. I said, I trained for this. I said, I expect to win. I said, if, if I don't, I'll I'll take it. I said, but I'm going into this expecting to win. And then, so I came back with my three gold medals, and he's like, <laughs> oh, "Oh my god!" He's like, "You really did it!" I said, "Yeah, yeah." It's like if you don't see yourself doing it, then why even try? Yeah, you know that's the thing. It's like you have to walk into it and say, "Okay, this is the task. Let's go."
1: Yeah, I agree completely.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right, so
1: change let's, okay. your
0: mindset. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. So, what is some what are some of your best practices for that? because people hear it all all the time mindset 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 but how do you get pe- people to buy in
1: you know one of the best things that i've done over the years is i've really i'm really strategic about who i surround myself with yes you know i don't i don't have i don't have any friends in my circle at this point that are negative they have negative self talk they're depressed they're sad the world's always drama And, you know, we've had a lot, a lot of reasons this last couple of years to have a lot of drama in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I, to me, that's one of the most important things. And, you know, even some of my family members, I I have to be really strategic how much time I spend uh, with them and talking on the phone with them. Um, So it's not like I'm going to be cutting people out of my life, but especially family members, but, but there might be some family members that you need to cut out if they're um, you know, I mean, I that is a whole other thing. But to me, the, one of the most important things is my friendship circle, is who is in my, who is in my physical realm? Because if you meet a group of friends every Friday night and you overdo pizza and beer every single Friday night, you're you're not going to sit and have a salad. Maybe once or twice you might or every once in a while you might. But for the most part, those are your pizza and beer friends. And you might even meet up with them more than once a week. And you, so the, you, who you surround yourself with is extremely important. And then, um, for me, uh, I just, uh, at this point, my habits, habits compound, you know, I reach a point where I, if I know if I eat something or drink something, it's going to make me feel like crap and I'm not, it's not worth it. Yes. If there's the, it doesn't even take, I don't even have to go, oh, I'm tempted by that. I'm, I'm not tempted by that. Um, And part of it might be unaddicting yourself from some things and also technology, you know, people need to back off on their technology. Sometimes, uh, scrolling through social media can make you feel like crap about yourself. If you're, you know, unfollow the people that make you feel less than good, you know, follow the people that inspire you and that give you motivation to, to be a better person. Not someone that's just living a life that might not be real, but they their life looks perfect, and you'll never ma- match up to that. And besides, think how mindless it is when you scroll. You're yeah. you're not meeting your goals when you're just sucked into social media. Like I, I think that technology has its place, but I think it damages a lot of people too.
0: Agreed. So going back to what you were saying about about your circle. Yeah. And and you're so right. But one of the strongest things you said there was sometimes you have to cut people out. And I just I just want to share with what I what I tell people. It's like you don't necessarily have to cut them out of your life. You got to cut you have to cut them out of that conversation. Like if you have that one aunt that's constantly shaming you for trying to be healthy, you just don't talk to her about your fitness journey. You know, you just nope. that's off limits. Like stop! It's like you have to safeguard yeah. that because I, I do that with my family all, all the time. If I don't want one to go somewhere, I shut them down, shut them right down. Remember, I sent my kids to to my parents' house, and I told my mom flat out they are not to have X Y Z. And she's like, "This is grandma's." So I said, "Don't even play that. Those are my kids." I'm like, "They're coming back to my house." So yeah, that's ab- good. So Absolutely not. So it's, so n- now it's like she'll she'll ask. You know, because again, like I said, you go back ten years, household was different. I don't need five sugared up kids running through the house, you know? So I had to put that, put that foot down.
1: Yeah. That was interesting. It is interesting how some people like the whole grandma thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, (laughs) I have a couple of grandkids and they they know that at my house it's, you know, I, I eat the way. And my, my son who's, who has the two kids, they, they appreciate what they get at, at our house. You know, they appreciate that the snacks are apples and, Yes. you know whatever it's like there's not going to be a bunch of just normal grandma stuff at my house
0: <laughs> <laughs> i gotta share this quick this, this was i think it was just after christmas a bunch of years ago but my mother calls me and uh we we can all be kind of dramatic with each other so she's like robert it's like yes mother she's like i got a beef with you and i was like the hell did i do <laughs> and she's like you know i have these two boxes of candy canes and I thought, ooh, Rob's kids are coming down for the weekend. She's like, so they're back with you. And guess what? I still have two boxes of candy canes. She's like, cuz your children were asking me for carrot sticks. They were asking me for celery with peanut butter. She's so like they were asking me for apples. And I was like, my
1: kids. Hell yeah. You're
0: like,
1: okay,
0: okay. That's that's awesome. I love it. All right, so let's talk about your business. So the, the the gym didn't work out, but then you pivoted into something else that your dad had started, right?
1: Yeah. So my my dad was a botanist, like I said earlier. Um, uh, and he was uh, and he passed away really young. So he was sixty two. He died um, January first in nineteen ninety eight. So Ooh, New Year's twenty. Yeah, New Year's Day. Um, it, he passed away uh when my sister and I were starting our second year in our club. And we were, we were at the front desk and we were saying, okay, last year sucked. That was so hard. And we were, we were, you know, New Year's Day and January and the health club business is the busiest month. Right. So we were just like, all like, okay, this is it. And at about 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, we got a phone call that my dad had just gotten taken to the hospital. And so we both, you know, jumped in the car and, and he, he, we were the only two siblings that were actually there with him when he passed away. Oh. So he had a heart attack and he was gone in one day. Wow. And uh, he left this really beautiful legacy of, of medicinal herbals. He would formulated a bunch of really amazing, unique um, extracts, tinctures. And, uh, but he he really kind of had a hard time getting it out into the world. Uh, he mostly sold to practitioners because there was there's a huge learning curve with his with his uh, formulas. It's not just, you know, here's echinacea here, you know, these are like formulations for some kind of hardcore health issues. So he mostly sold to, to doctors that he could educate about what these formulas did. And so when he passed away, his business really died with him because there was really no one, none of us, none of us were educated like he was none of us you know, he ran his business a little bit, um, a little bit underground, you know, he was didn't believe in paying taxes. And Mm. he was, you know, he was just this kind of uh, constitutionalist rebel. Um, And none of us wanted to run the business that way. So four years after he died, um, we uh, me and and another sister actually restarted his company. Because at that point, I was working in another health club. Uh, for a big chain, and I was managing one of their clubs, and I was bitterly unhappy. I was making a ton of money, um, but I was like, I, I, all I wanted to do was be happy. I, my boys were t- uh, in their late teens. They were almost grown up. And I was just like, actually, they were grown up. They were, I think, 19 or 20. But, but I was just like, why am I working 80 hours a week uh, just for having a big house with a lot of nice stuff? I'm like yeah. so unhappy, right? So I, I, another sister said a different sister said, Hey, let's, let's restart dad's company. And we did together. And then six months later, she, she dropped off because it was way too hard and it was hard. The first 10 years were and hard as far as the money coming in because it was a passion. It was a passion thing for me. Yeah. But from the day I did that to me, it was always about, I want to be happy and I want to help people and I wanted to bring my dad's legacy back. And, you know, it's been 20 years now since I've been going. And I'm telling you, uh, my life has never been more beautiful. I've formulated a whole bunch of new um, formulations and, uh, I, I, and my, still my mission is I want to be happy and I want to help people. And now I have this amazing, thriving, incredible business. Both my boys work for me full time. So I get to see my boys every day, which is beautiful. Um, yeah, I think your, 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 your mission has to be, um, I want to, it can't be, I, I want to make a lot of money and then sell out and get out. You know what I mean? It, I mean, sometimes it works that way, way for people. It can, it can work that way. Yeah. But especially in this field where I feel like the supplement industry is so saturated with things that aren't done with integrity and mm-hmm. clean, clean ingredients and clean, products. In fact, one of the things that we layer on top of what we do is everything is made with love. So it's not just good, clean, pristine ingredients, but we add that everything is made with the intention of love and the intention of healing because it's, that is, there's energy to that and it's, it's powerful. And people can think, oh, that's kind of woo-woo. That's fine. You can think that, (laughs) Uh, but there is an intention of, Whatever I want to put in the body of myself and my family, my grandkids, my kids, that's the same kind of quality that I'm going to put out to the world. And that is always, if you go out with that kind of intention, um, and, and I haven't been, you know, it's been 20 years, it's taken me to get to a point where like, wow, the abundance that I'm experiencing is really incredible. And it's just kind of, but the thing is, what you put out always comes back to you, especially if your intentions are pure. And you're following your passion. Like I never dreamed that I would be the one to carry on my dad's work, but all of my siblings are grateful, and all of the people that I get to affect, um, it. I'm beyond blessed with this. I, I don't ever see myself retiring ever. I love what I do so much.
0: See, and this is why, this is why I like not diving too deep into people's bad stories because I like when things just naturally evolve. One thing I say on this show. I, I mean, it's, it's 193rd episode. So I probably said it 190 times that, <laughs> that if people want to be happy, find something, find some way to help other people. So like when you said that, like, I want to be happy and I want to help people. I was like, there it is right there. Because yeah. I love it. I love it when people just say it as part of their own story. So they don't think, oh, I probably prepped them before we went live. So like, make sure you say this. It's like, no, because that's the key. That's the key because I was bit there too when I started fitness and I can't even say I have a fitness business. I tell people I, I have a hobby that went well because you know, I started it just to get myself fit again and get back to, to my roots and give myself an outlet. So I wasn't screaming at my now ex and, and all the kids coming home from 10 to 14 hours a day at the restaurant. And so you know, I, I invited a friend. Oh, can I bring a friend? Oh, can I bring a friend? Oh, can I bring a friend? Next thing you know, I have a garage full of people who can train with me at my house. And because like, I so I didn't mind the opposite. Whereas I got all the people, then I opened up a facility. You know, so it's like, I, I started in my garage and then in a park nearby my house where I'd have anywhere from 30 to 50 people out there in this park. Wow. Like, holy crap. And then you know winter started coming so i started renting out a karate do- dojo you know i had a pretty, pretty good deal to, to start there it was like a pay as you grow kind of thing and then when once i opened up my my well my old facility now i had to move there in 20 from from there in 2017 but opened up a 5000 square foot facility that uh you know two two of my clients appro- approached me to to be investors even though my my business coach was like don't do it He's like, these things never end well, kind of how you were saying earlier. He's like, these things never end well. He's like, don't do it. But, you know, I had no no reason to not trust them. But long story short, it ended up falling apart. And then I ended up moving from, from there. But just the point was we were profitable right from the get-go. But where we clashed was it's like, you no, know, they were business people. And I'm a people person. So it's like I was focused on just giving these these guys and gals the best possible experience they can have. They'll tell their friends and then their friends will come. Like we were growing at such a fast, organic rate. It was insane. Like I really wasn't doing much in the way of marketing because going in with that many people, they were just naturally telling other people, coworkers, parents, you know, spouses. And so they just wanted me to like you know you, we should do yoga classes or we should do spin classes we should I'm like but that's not what i do like those are completely different niches in the fitness industry like we don't we don't need to be a one stop shop it's like we're doing this well let's just keep doing this well and we just you know we kept clashing so it ended up ended up uh, crashing and burning but i wasn't going to sell my soul just to make a buck you yeah. know but I will sell my soul to make someone feel better about themselves. Yeah. That's something I will absolutely do. And that's the purpose of doing this podcast is so we can share our stories, you know, compliment our stories to have someone who's sitting there that's just on a thread. Like I can't do this anymore. And then they hear you say, I just want to be happy and I want to help you. But I'll say, well, he, he didn't give in to his business partner because he was focused on the people. And then maybe it'll give them, that courage to be like, you know, what I want to do something where I'm making a difference in the world.
1: Yeah. And everyone has something beautiful to offer, even though they might think, well, nobody's interested in this. Or maybe there's already too many people doing this. But the thing is, nobody can bring to light what each everyone is different. Like, you know, and that's one of the things I've always, you know, realized when I've been out kind of out in my arena with other people who have supplement companies or in the health and wellness space. Same with fitness, fitness is huge. There's so many people in the space, but no one brings to the table what I bring, you know, m- my little quirky stuff and whatever, whatever. I, I bring, I'm, and I don't try to be anyone else. So I think that if, if people can realize that it is possible to bring ha- be happy and bring service to others and make a good living at it, um, <laughs> please jump. Don't jump, but take the risk because um, this this whole cliche of life is too short. You know, you can actually add time to your life by be staying happy and staying productive, and creative, and what you're what you're born to do. So,
0: yeah. So I I am definitely a firm believer in the law the law of attraction, but sure. I'm also but I'm also a firm believer in making shit happen as well. Oh, for you know? sure. So, so there's a YouTuber here in Rhode Island. she's, she's got a de- she's got a decent followers. She probably has about a quarter of a million followers. So like it's not huge, huge, but she's not just starting. Like she's she's doing well for herself. But I was like, I need I need to get to get beside her somehow and just figure it out. Because pe- people are like, oh, you know, you you can't go clout chasing and this and that. I said no, I'm a connector. Like I know how to connect with people. So like I got on one of her live streams, started asking questions, you know. You know, like on the on the the YouTubes, you can give super chats. You know, the show right. the show love and support the channel. And she had an off YouTube group. I subscribed into that, asking questions, asking questions. You know, calling into to to the show, adding value. And when I tell you, like, I kept myself on this woman's mind. Right? I kept I kept myself on her mind. And so she she did a panel. She she invited me to be to be on the panel, and then she finally had me be on on her show she, she started a new show and i was her first guest and she's got other people that have way more way bigger following than than i do because like the bulk of mine comes from facebook and the podcast channels so like I, I don't do a whole lot on youtube and so it really wasn't advantageous for her to feature me first but it's just because I positioned myself to where she couldn't think of anyone else but me. <laughs> she, she put me, and I even said said that to her while we were on the episode. I was like, "You could have picked anyone." I was like, "But I made myself the obvious choice." Like that, the whole following thing went out the window because I genuinely connected with her.
1: I love that. I love that. <laughs>
0: all right practicing
1: I, what you preach right
0: yes gotta <laughs> all right give us some final some final thoughts let pe- people know how they can get in touch with you
1: well um so people can find me at uh, barlow herbal that is the name of my company i also have a little youtube channel that i pop some things on there on a pretty regular basis it's barlow barlow herbal which is just b-a-r-l-o-w and then h-e-r-b-a-l Um, You know, I think that uh, we live in really pivotal times right now, and I think that um, how we conduct ourselves and how we take responsibility for ourselves, uh, while humanity on a planetary level, on a collective level is going through what it's going through, um, no matter where you fall in what your opinions and beliefs are in what's happening, um, I think that we live in really amazing. I think we all chose to come here and be a part of the play that's happening right now. And if we realize our gifts, and we bring them out into the collective, that it raises the consciousness of of the collective. And we're all here for an important reason and and taking care of our physical body is right now it's not a luxury, it's it's a necessity. I think that in order to bring our gifts forward. Um, We need to be present and healthy and able to do that and i think if people really realized their purpose because there's no accidents there's no mistakes everybody that's here all seven and a half billion people we all chose to come here during this time to to make this rise in consciousness happen and i believe this with every deep part of part of me i can see it everywhere so i think that if people just realize that and step into their own creativity and power, uh, the world is going to look so different, so fast and it's going to be so beautiful. And it already is beautiful. That's probably what we need to realize. The world is a beautiful place. And there might be some restrictions on people and things that you that are happening that you might not like, but swap your mindset, swap your perspective and look at the good things and realize that you have the power to make it make it different.
0: I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Because I say that all the time, too. Like, people complain. Like, being at the airport. You know, I mean, I can see if you have an important meeting to get to or something, and they, they de- delay the plane for whatever reason. And people get so huffy. like pu- I'm like, but then you're going to fly. <laughs> Flying <laughs> is amazing. Think about that. So yeah. you have to wait an extra hour to fly. <laughs> it's like, come on. So
1: true. <laughs> well, besides that, I think if there's something that delays you, then then that was how it was supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, like you always hear these stories about people who something held them up from something that was really important for them to be to, but then there was a car accident that they missed because they weren't, you know what I mean? So, so if there's a delay that happens, you know, give the situation grace and don't get worked up because things happen the way they're supposed to happen.
0: Yeah. That's the whole, don't take life so seriously.
1: Yeah. And you're flying. You're up and flying!
0: Come on, people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, so that is our time, and uh, I'm definitely gonna have have you back on again because I do I do all star panels, and I'm gonna start doing smaller. I don't wanna call them focus groups, but you know, like I have a bunch of a bunch of fit- fitness professionals that that I've interviewed, and you know, just to bring back a handful of people, we'll tackle a topic and. So if you're interested in that, I'll, I'll keep you in the loop on those. Sure.
1: However and- I can contribute, I would love to. You're a you're a lovely human, Robert.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And um I also have other other podcast friends too that I'll connect you with. So if you have a couple minutes, just don't don't sign don't sign off yet.
1: Yeah, I do. That would be that would be awesome.
0: Okay, great. All right, so I'll see you in a couple minutes.
1: Okay, sounds great. All right.
0: All right. So that was Jane. If you just tuned in, make sure you go back and listen to the whole thing. So one thing she just said in her final thoughts was realize your gifts. And I just want to emphasize that part because the thing that you have, say you want to impact the world, the thing that you have to get that done is already inside of you. It's already inside of you. So when I made the transition from the restaurant into fitness, I mean, yeah, I had to learn how to market fitness, but the base skills, were already there, they were already there, and then making a the transition from fitness to speaking, the base skills were already there, and then from speaking to podcasting, the skills were already there, you know. So don't go thinking that you have to go back to school and get five more degrees to do it. No, just find something that's already in your mental repertoire, and something that you can teach another another person. And then just start that process. You'll be surprised where it goes. Remember, I started my gym just for me. And I've trained you know, a few thousand people, <laughs> all from starting to train myself. So you never know where these things will take you, but you'll also never know if you don't get started. All right? And so before we go, remember, this Saturday, 11 a.m., we have all-star panel number five. We have Steve Burlick, Tina Torres, Elaine Canelli, Chandra Gore, Sharifa Hardy, and Shay Brown. All of these guys are locked on their respective shoes. So this is going to be one hell of a panel. So be sure to tune in if you can. We'll be talking about how to stay committed to your goals in the new year. All right. So I got for you for today. I'll be back tomorrow. Have a good day.
1: You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.